Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Travel Emotion. Everything about traveling, diving and emotions around the ocean. How these topics work together, you will find out. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode of Travel Emotion. Today with Jonathan and myself, Jenny. We will talk about a question we get frequently asked. Why is Galapagos so special? It's a long way to go to get there. It's not a cheap destination and still it's definitely worth to go there. And today we will talk about why Galapagos is so special and unique. So Jonathan, why is Galapagos for you so special? You're now there for 30 years. What makes it for you unique? Well, hello, everyone. Uh, that is a very broad question. I think there's a number of things. Uh, first of all, you've got to look at its location. So these are a series of islands, an archipelago, which is on the equator. It actually straddles the equator north and south. And yet, uh, even though it's in the tropics, it's influenced by very, very cool, if not to say cold, polar currents. And that makes it completely unique in the world. Because if you draw a line all the way around the equator, there's no other place like it on the planet. That's about the location and why the location is so unique. Let's go first to the marine wildlife we can see. I think that's the most important thing for our divers. For me, when I came the first time to Galapagos, obviously it was the huge schools of hammerhead sharks. And... After a few years now coming to Galapagos, I know there's so much more. Galapagos has such a high biodiversity. So, Jonathan, why is that? Well, this comes back again to the location. So the fact that it's on the, on the equator, in the tropics, but is affected by incredibly cold currents. This creates an area of upwelling where you get a mixture of, of warm and cold. And obviously the primary productivity is extremely high. In other words, you've got a biological soup, which is created because of the specific conditions. So rich, cold waters, uh, full of minerals, um, meeting these warm waters, you get an explosion of life in that area. And that begins at the very lowest levels. So everything above that in the food chain, from plankton upwards, obviously has a massive amount of food available. So if you're talking about whales, if you're talking about primary predators such as sharks, if you're talking about the huge schools of fish or the animals that prey on those, uh, there's food available, there's, there are niches available, the environment is very, very diff uh, different uh, around different areas of the archipelago. So you've got all of the conditions for life to thrive and survive uh, in this area. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about the animals we can see. For someone who never have been to Galapagos, what kind of sharks we can see, what kind of other animals we can see. Can you make like a little overview? What are the most important creatures for you? Um, a little bit depends if you're, if you're on land or underwater. Obviously, most of our listeners are interested in the marine environment. So... A species like the marine iguana, for example, that can only exist because conditions on land forced a land living, a terrestrial creature, down into the intertidal zone, probably originally. So it was foraging around tide pools, 
But because of the lack of food on land, the specific conditions of Galapagos, it then began to actually forage in the ocean and is the only marine, uh, true marine lizard in the entire world. So Galapagos is the only place we can see it. Then, for example, you've got penguins. So penguins originated down in Antarctica in much colder waters in the south. They probably travelled following the Humboldt Current up from Antarctica to sub-Antarctic regions, up through Patagonia, up the Chilean coast, into Peru, evolving as they, as they travelled, and then finally made their way out to Galapagos, where they can survive because of the cold conditions during particular times of the year. So you've got species from very, very uh, diverse areas. Let's look at other areas, for example, that um, bring life into Galapagos. You've got the Southern Pacific area. So the Indo-Pacific, uh, species such as Moorish idols, which you associate with very hot tropical waters. So the mixture of fish and of all species in Galapagos is, a, is an incredible, incredibly diverse mixture from hot and cold environments. Mm -hmm. And regarding the shark species... So correct me, it would be the Galapagos shark, obviously. It would be silky sharks we can see. We have black tips in some areas, the white tip as well, the white tip reef shark, mm -hmm. the well, whale shark. Currently we have, I think, 27 species of shark identified mm -hmm. in the Galapagos waters. Uh, of those, the most common ones, the ones you just mentioned, uh, obviously the ones that most people come and, and are interested in diving with are the, the hammerheads, uh, the, the reef sharks, the Galapagos sharks. We get occasional uh, tiger sharks as well. There's probably a fairly big population of tiger shark. We just don't see them. They almost certainly live in areas which we don't frequent or they're in habitats that divers don't get down into. Um, but again, it's that, that incredible mixture of, of sharks from hot and cold environments that we, uh, we find. That's right. You were talking about the species for the cold environments like marine iguanas and penguins. I would like to add the sunfish because that's a quite bizarre looking fish that is quite interesting to dive with. How many areas can we dive with molas in Galapagos? Molas can show up pretty much anywhere, uh, but we do have specific dive sites that we go with a, a hope of seeing them. You're never absolutely guaranteed, as with everywhere in the oceans. Uh, the mola that we have in Galapagos is not mola mola that many people mistake it for. It's actually a species known as mola alexandrini. Um, this is not unique only to Galapagos waters, but it's the co most common species that we find there. So we find them more often on the western side of Isabella, places like Punta Vicente Roca, around Fernandina, throughout the Bolivar uh, Canal area between Fernandina and Isabella Islands. And we also find them then in the central part of the archipelago, but more specifically in areas of cold upwelling. Mm -hmm. And To mention a few other species, we're not talking that often about it. The green sea turtle, for example, is endangered. That's right. And we see them very often in Galapagos. Um, we will come to it a little bit later, why it might be like this. We see mantas. We have the red-lipped bedfish. Do you have any species in your head that I didn't mention what is really special Well, uh, we've got one of the biggest seahorses in the world, the, no. the giant mm -hmm. Pacific seahorse or the golden uh, seahorse, which can reach up to about uh, 10 or 12 uh, inches. That's mm -hmm. uh, 25 to 30 centimeters are the, uh, the biggest individuals. Um, yeah, we have so many species, I think, the mixture. Some of them, of course, endemic. You have mm -hmm. um, harlequin, harlequin 
hawkfish that you find on the western side of Isabella and Fernandina, again a species which is endemic or unique to the Galapagos and associated with cold waters. So Galapagos has a huge biodiversity and some very, very bizarre uh, life forms living in uh, yeah. in its waters. Uh, you mentioned briefly the red-lipped batfish, mm-hmm. uh, which is Oxephalus darwini. So um, the name, of course, after Charles Darwin. Darwin was not known for uh, his diving abilities because it wasn't uh, possible at the time, but he did identify a lot of fairly unusual species in the Galapagos. And uh, no one has actually as yet been able to work out what purpose the red lips serve because these are carnivorous fish that usually hunt at night nocturnal hunters and so you can't actually see the red coloration at night so why the red lips nobody knows Hmm. yet another one of the galapagos mysteries yeah interesting so what's about dolphins and whales and other marine mammals Uh, galapagos has again a huge number of of marine mammals we have um, probable resident groups of bottlenose dolphin which are seen very frequently especially Uh, around the western side of Isabella, Fernandina, and then up in the northern islands of Wolf and Darwin in particular. Uh, We have, I think, six or seven species of dolphin, which are fairly commonly reported. Spinner dolphin, comma dolphin, uh, dusky-sided dolphins, resource dolphin, and then, of course, the biggest of all the dolphins, the orca. And we have orcas pretty much all year round, depending on uh, where you are. So we have sightings throughout the year, hot and cold season. Uh, so yes, we have a, a big abundance of marine mammals. And then some of the huge uh, marine mammals, the, the big whales. I think the biggest group of blue whales I ever saw was in Galapagos. And that was a group of about 12 uh, blue whales in a single group spread over an area of about uh, twin, 10 square kilometers of, of ocean. So uh, all the way from the very, very biggest marine mammal down to some of the smallest. And of course, we've got a, uh, our own endemics. We've got the Galapagos sea lion, and the Galapagos fur seal, uh, the fur seal coming from the cold Antarctic waters and the Galapagos sea lion coming from the north, from the area of California, probably. Mm-hmm. Talking about the big animals, I think we didn't really mention the whale shark so far. We often have the question fish or whale. You want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Yeah, that's a, a very common mistake, uh, obviously because of the name. The name. A whale shark, because it is the size of a whale, but it is a shark and therefore a cartilaginous fish. And uh, an interesting fact that for some reason surprises a lot of people, it's actually the biggest shark to have ever lived, because it's almost certainly um, bigger than Megalodon would have been when they roamed the earth uh, millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a fish, not a Correct. mammal. We talked earlier on a little bit about the green sea turtle and that this turtle and also other species are endangered. When you dive in Galapagos, you see quite a lot of this green sea turtles. Is it something because it is the protected area or what do you think? Almost certainly. Galapagos is one of the places that has been longest protected, uh, both oceanically and in terms of a terrestrial national park. So as far back as the 1930s, the Ecuadorian government had already written up the first legislation to create a, a sanctuary, a wildlife sanctuary. And if you think back as you know, back into the 1930s, very, very few countries around the world were actually proposing protected areas at that time. The Galapagos National Park has been in existence since 1959, again, one of the earliest national parks um, of the area. And the marine sanctuary, the marine reserve, has been uh, 
in existence since 1998. So altogether, both the waters and the land areas have been protected extremely well for a very, very long period of time. Obviously, there are problems with encroachment by uh, industrial fisheries and um, you know, a problem which is worldwide. And for that reason, the Ecuadorian government is now actually looking to augmenting the marine reserve from the 40 miles of baseline. So 40 miles away from every point of land is currently protected and they're hoping to uh, actually triple the size of the marine reserve to 80 miles from uh, every point of land. And if they do that, they will be creating one of the largest marine reserves on the on the planet. Um, yeah, what is that protecting? One of the areas of higher biodiversity in the world. So once again, one of the reasons why Galapagos is so unique. Many, many decades of uh, extremely good protection and uh, a vast array of unique species. Thank you, Jonathan. I think those points were all I wanted to cover for today. It makes me want to go diving to the Galapagos right away. So thank you very much. Thanks you all for listening and bye for now. I hope you found some ideas or new information for you. And if you enjoyed this episode or liked the information we gave, please take the minute to subscribe to the podcast or like it. And also make sure to share the podcast and to tell all your friends and to share the information on Facebook, on Twitter and all other social media sites. I really would appreciate your support and your feedback. So thanks again for listening to Travel Emotion Podcast. And if you have a topic you would like me to talk about, please write me an email to info at galapagosharkdiving.com. The music for the podcast is provided by Sebastian Green. You can reach him on Instagram at sebastiang01234. Thank you all for listening and bye for now.